Hey, this is Steve with Life Worth Living. You know, just about everything in life requires preparation. Before you take a test, you got to get ready for that test by studying. Or before you get your first job, you need some level of education or apprenticeship to prepare you for that job. Well, being filled with the Holy Spirit is really no different. You have to prepare to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to get yourself ready for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So today we'll be looking at some of those steps that that are required um, to be prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Such things as filling your mind and your thoughts with the Word of God, with the Bible. Uh, Another thing is is practicing uh, listening to God and and recognizing the promptings and the leadings of the Holy Spirit, of recognizing his voice in your soul and in your spirit. Another one that we'll talk about today is learning to enjoy waiting on God and waiting for God. Uh, All of these things prepare us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I hope you listen in, be encouraged, and develop a game plan for preparing yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. ourselves to be filled full of the Holy Spirit. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking in Acts, the first section of the first chapter. If you have your Bibles, you can pull them up. I think I've got every single scripture up here on the screen today. That's not always the case because there's so many of them. But I encourage you, if you have your Bibles there, to go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through, I believe it's 14. And we're going to be reading kind of verse by verse. And check this out. This this chapter was written describing what it was like right before the Holy Spirit was poured out into the New Testament church's lives, okay? So it gives us a good idea of how to prepare ourselves for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Before we do that, let me read you two scriptures, kind of anchor scriptures, core scriptures of what, uh, what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you what. We, as Christians, if you've been in church a long time, if you haven't been in church in a long time, good for you. (laughs) All right, good for you, because we don't have to unlearn some things that have been put into us. So if you're new to the church, this is kind of new to you, good. Just receive it the way that it's presented to you. But if you've been in church for a long time, I believe there's some things we need to unlearn. All right, and there are these. Let's look at Ephesians 3.19. All right, it says in Ephesians 3.19, And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What is it to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's simply to be full of God. It's not some mysterious, mystical experience. It's a powerful experience, yes, but it's just to be full of God. You're not seeking some bizarre, ethereal, crazy, you know, experience. No, you just want to be full of God. That's what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what this this scripture describes right here is just to be filled with all the fullness of God. Look at Ephesians 4.13 in that same book, Christian Standard Version that you're going to see displayed up here on the screen. Um, Ephesians 4.13 says, until we reach we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity 
with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Now, let me put this into perspective. My kids loved to be measured as they were growing up. In fact, there was a, uh, there's a part of our, there's a door post of our house where you'll see little pencil marks going up with the age of so-and-so of like Sarah. She was this, this high when she was this tall when she was four years old and then all the way up to Kyle who's now 21 and how tall he is all the way. You see all these markings going up. This scripture right here does the same thing. It says here, let's measure you against the stature of Jesus and let's see how tall you are. And it says, here's how we're going to measure you by how full you are. Isn't that cool? We want to measure you by how tall you are based on how full of Jesus you are. In other words, how full of the Holy Spirit you are. You see, to be full of Jesus is to be full of his spirit. And God wants you to be full of Jesus. He wants you to be full of God the Father. He wants you to be full of God the Son. And he wants you to be full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. So let's launch off here in Acts 1 and let's answer this question. How do you and I prepare to be full of the Holy Spirit of God? Starting in verse 1. Now Acts, we believe very strongly, was written by Luke. Do you remember the, the, the book of Luke? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the author who, who wrote Luke, we believe is Luke, <laughs> and that same person, that same individual Luke, also wrote Acts. He started with the birth of Jesus all the way past the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, and then he said, here's what happened after Jesus was taken up, and that's what the book of Acts is about. I'll tell you, you want a good read, read the book of Acts. You will love it. It's, it's riveting. In other words, it gets your attention. You can't help but just, I, you don't want to put it down. And all, what is it, 28 chapters, I believe? You want to read it all the way through. But we're going to start with chapter 1. And here, Luke, who's writing to this man named Theophilus, he says, in my former book, Theophilus, which book? The book of Luke. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. All that he began to do and that he began to teach. You see... In order to prepare to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to start with what Jesus tells you to do and watch what Jesus does. I call it his word and his works. If you were an eagle, as described in the Bible, it says, those who wait on the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will soar in the sky. All right. What is the wind under your Eagle's wings, God's word, and his works. What sustains you? What keeps you high above depression, above despair, above discouragement? God's word and his works. His word and his works. You want to be hopeful of hopeful and get rid of suicidal tendencies and be happy and, and live your life? His word and his works will do it. And that's why here in this, this first verse, as, as Luke is, is preparing to tell Theophilus about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, he said, you've got to get two things straight, my brother. 
God's word and his works. You better listen to what he says and you better watch and acknowledge what he does. Let me, let me talk about his works. I'm starting to keep a prayer journal and I don't keep it, I don't write by hand, I have to type. I'm too slow of a writer. So I've got it on my computer, but I'm starting to write month by month all the works of God, all that Jesus has done. I started back in September, now I'm on, in October. My, pair, my bullet points, all those little statements of what Jesus has done, I'm up to like 12 or 14, and I'm not even through October yet. His works. How can you get your faith built up? Remind yourself of all the things that Jesus does day in and day out. God's word and his works will prepare you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not focused on the Bible, what the Bible says, his word, and you're not focused on what his works are, you're not prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to get ready. So his word and his works. These disciples... You know, how many disciples did Jesus have? Do you guys remember? Twelve disciples? He actually had many disciples. But we know of these twelve, they spent three intensive years with Jesus, listening to what he said and watching what he did. What did Jesus do? He healed people. He set people free from their addictions. He touched leprous people and got them their skin cleansed. Uh, just as we, our leprosy in this day was COVID probably. <laughs> That's probably what we would call leprosy. Jesus healed people. He reached out. They watched his works. And then after three years of following Jesus around, they were ready to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They'd been discipled by Jesus. Are you following Jesus? Are you walking around with Jesus? You can't see him. I'm not like a person walking around. But Jesus is trying to lead you. Are you being discipled by Jesus? If you are, you're being prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Follow after Jesus. Watch what he does and listen to what he says and you'll be prepared for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Number two, verse two of Acts 1 says until the day he was taken up to heaven after after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen did you know that the Holy Spirit wants to whisper instructions into your ear multiple times throughout the day not even just one time a day he wants to be whispering into your ear instructions all throughout the day what do we call this we call it being spirit-led we call it being spirit-led. The Holy Spirit is telling you, even if you're not a Christian, even if you, you don't even know if you believe in God. I like to tell this story of my boss who is a, man, he was a godless guy. He didn't, he didn't have much room for God in his life at all. But he told me how he got rid of his six-beer-a-day addiction that he finally realized, you know what, this isn't, he said, I'll never forget, I was sitting there having my six beers <laughs> that he had every afternoon, and he said, that's not good for me. Well, did my boss come up with that himself? No. Jesus spoke that to him. The Holy Spirit whispered into his ear and said, you better be careful. This is a bad habit here. I was reading about a, <laughs> I was reading about a, a heavy metal guitar. He's a bass player, Tommy Lee, back from Montley Crew ages ago. And uh, he was drinking two gallons, I think it was a vodka a day. It's enough to cause alcohol poisoning for the common person 
And this guy two years ago came to the conclusion this isn't good for me and quit. Now he's been sober for almost two years. All right. The Holy Spirit is whispering into people's ears all over the city, all over the world. Listen to the instruction of the Holy Spirit. He's trying to keep you out of trouble. He's putting yield signs up in your face and saying, hey, don't go this way. You're going to get into trouble. So what do we do to prepare for ourselves for the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the instruction of the Holy Spirit. He's whispering into, you know, maybe some teenage couple. They're not married and they're considering, you know, premarital sex. And he's saying, don't do it. You don't want to, to have a baby quite yet. You're not ready for this type of thing. He's whispering instructions into your ear. Would you listen to him? If you do, you'll be preparing yourself for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, there's, there's, if you've been in church any length of time, known Christians any time, there's two types of Christians. There's many types, but there's two types of Christians. There's the, the Christian over here who's all about discipleship. They get in their small groups. They study the Bible. They, they encourage one another. There's strong discipleship, you know, and, and there's usually a lead discipler, a person who's trying to help their, the people who are trying to get close to God to know how to do so and whatnot. Then on the other side, there's the spirit-led person. They just always spiritual and, and they're worshipers and, and they're very spiritual. And yeah, they read their Bibles, but they're always about what is the Holy Spirit trying to tell me? Well, both extremes are bad. <laughs> you want to be, be in the middle here where you're studying the Bible, you're getting close to God, but you're also listening to the Holy Spirit. If you get into these two extremes, it's not good. On this side, you start getting a big head because you know more of the Bible than that person over there knows about the Bible. You get prideful, egotistical, and people in this area that are always studying their Bibles, and we need to study our Bibles, don't get me wrong, but if you get too much into this, you get what's called intellectual. And it's all head knowledge and no heart knowledge. We don't want that. We want what's in our head to sink right down into our heart and be the people that God wants us to be. Not to set up this image of, oh, I'm this good Christian. No, I need to be a good Christian, not act like one. I just need to be one. And then the people over here, I hate to put it this way, but tend to be flaky. <laughs> you know, emotionalism, all right, and always about how I feel. God doesn't want us to go by our feelings. He wants to go by what we know about Jesus. We know him. Jesus is not a feeling. Jesus is the real deal. He's the truth. He's the way, the truth of the life. You know, we need to know God. So it's, it's both of these things combined. Jesus led his disciples. He discipled them. But then he said, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit, the instruction of the Holy Spirit. They go hand in hand. One is not more important than the other. They're both equally important. In fact, you know, a, a disciplined person who, do you know anybody that's really disciplined? They, they get up at five in the morning, they go through their routine, they always get things done, they're disciplined, all right? Well, that kind of person, actually, they need to learn how to trust and rest in the Lord, all right? They, they're excessively disciplined or discipled. They're excessively disciplined. But the person who's happy, go lucky, you know, everything's going to be all right. Everything works out. You don't need to worry about those people need more discipline. <laughs> right? It's not one or the other. You need both of them in a nice, solid balance. All right, well, let's go on. 
What does it take to be filled with the Holy Spirit? In verse 3 of Acts 1, after his suffering, so here Luke is writing to Theophilus, he, and he's talking about Jesus. He says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them. To who? The disciples. For 40 days, see, Jesus, even after his, after his death and his resurrection, he made himself appear to his disciples so they could see he's alive, all right? He presented himself to them, to his disciples, giving them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over the period of 40 days and spoke to them about the kingdom of heaven. Well, let me tell you what, to be prepared for the Holy Spirit, you got to realize what Jesus' suffering did for you. On the cross, remember the suffering where he was, he was beat, he was bruised, he was insulted. He took your sin on the cross for you and he gave you freedom to be filled with the holy spirit you need to begin to realize jesus already paid the price for my sins i am forgiven i am forgiven i am cleansed jesus has not only forgiven your sin he has forgotten your sin if you repent if you repent so come to Jesus, remembering his sufferings, and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done. Now wash me, Jesus. I receive your free gift of love, of acceptance, of grace. You stumble onto grace. Have you ever had a nagging, condemning thought in the back of your mind? Oh, you did this. You, you did this. You will never recover from your mistakes. His suffering covered your mistakes his suffering you have just stumbled onto grace the grace of God that says I forgive you for what you've done you can go in freedom you can go in pardon you know what can I tell you something you're not going to be fully filled with the spirit until you accept his grace did you get that you can't be you can't be full of God the way that he wants you if in your heart you're constantly condemning yourself and putting yourself down, and not remembering that God has already pardoned you. So to be full of the Holy Spirit, you need to be full of God's grace. Full of God's grace, his unmerited favor. God is favoring you. He's, he's, he's got good plans for you. Don't you stop thinking. He's got a plan for your life, and it doesn't matter. Your future is not based on your past. Aren't you glad about that? you got a bright future even if you've had a dark past. And you can't be full of the Holy Spirit until you come to grips with that reality and stop condemning yourself. Because the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Start acknowledging. Get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, you know what, I've got a bright future in Jesus. My past may have been dark, but my future is very bright in him. And I'm going to remain in him and see my good future fulfilled for me and for his glory. All right. But the other thing, this verse here in, in Acts 1, 3, it says that he gave many proofs that he was alive. And you know what? In order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you got to believe Jesus is alive. He is alive and well, and he is active in this world he is active in my life. He's active in my church. He's active in my family. Jesus is alive. You got to come to grips with that to be full of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in a dead Jesus or a distant Jesus or a Jesus that doesn't care, you can't be completely full of the Holy Spirit. 
You got to believe that he's alive, he cares, and he is close to you. He is with you. And you know what? If you've invited him into your heart, he is even in you. Isn't that a great thought? Jesus is in me. Praise God. And with him in me, I can be full to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. In verse 4, in fact, whenever you think Jesus is that close, you'll start talking to him, and that's called prayer. You'll start talking, and you'll start listening to him. But in verse 4, it says, on one occasion, Luke continues to write here, while he was eating with them, he was, Jesus was eating with his disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John, the Baptist, he baptized in water, but in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Isn't it a good feeling when God begins to tell you your answer is just right around the corner? You're not going to have to wait much longer. That person you've been praying for, they're going to get saved in a matter of days. Or that, that healing that you've been asking God for, he's going to do it in a week. He's going to do it in a couple of weeks. It's right around the corner. Don't you like it when God starts giving you timing? It doesn't seem to happen very often. But here, Jesus tells his disciples, you're waiting, but you're not going to have to wait very long. It's right around the corner. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean to be baptized? Well, it literally means to be dunked or submerged under something or within something. And water is the best example that we can think of. Jesus wants to take you, not only fill you, he wants to submerge you in the Holy Spirit. He wants to get you so just, uh, what do you call it, saturated with the Holy Spirit. Like you take a sponge and put it down and it soaks up all the water. He wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, submerge you, fill you to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. But he says, you're going to have to wait for this gift. And you and I, in order to be full of the Holy Spirit, we've got to get to where we enjoy waiting on God or waiting for God. It's fun to wait for God. I get up every morning, almost every morning, not every morning, but almost every morning. I get up in the mornings, I did so this morning, and I go for a walk with Jesus. And we just talk. And I just wait on him. I don't tell Jesus, you got to do this. Jesus, you got to do this. And here's the other three things you need to do, Jesus. I don't have that kind of conversation with him. I say, Jesus, what do you want to do today? <laughs> How do you want to accomplish this problem and this problem and that problem that I have? And we just have a talk. And the Bible gives us an example of Enoch back in the Old Testament, way back close to the first, you know, first part of the world. Right after creation, Enoch walked and talked with God. And he, you know why Enoch did that? Because he enjoyed it. We need to enjoy waiting for the gift of the promise that God has given us the Holy Spirit. Enjoy the journey. Are you a destination person or a journey person? You need to become a journey person. Enjoy the journey with God. The destination is heaven. You're not there yet. So enjoy your life. Enjoy the journey that God has for you of just walking and talking to him. So he said, wait for the gift. To be full of the Holy Spirit, you need to enjoy waiting on God, walking and talking to God. So what is it like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? How would you like to be filled with freedom? Freedom from your addictions, freedom from your mental battles, freedom from 
who knows what, maybe debt, freedom from your sickness, freedom, freedom, freedom. Well, it says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with freedom. So you want the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So if you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with freedom. I know some of you are being, you're asking for very specific request about freedom you get filled with the holy spirit you're going to get your freedom praise god in in acts 9 31 if you get filled with the holy spirit you're going to be filled with encouragement all those suicidal thoughts thoughts of dreading the future thinking that tomorrow's gonna to be horrible they'll be gone because you'll be filled with the holy spirit and you will be filled with encouragement acts 9 31 says the church then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and strengthening, strengthening, living in the fear of God and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be filled with encouragement. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with peace. Romans 8, 6, it says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. If you have a mind that can't shut down at night, you're anxious and worried and planning this and doing that, and you want your mind to just shut off, you want the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you'll be filled with peace. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be filled with joy. How many of you would like to be happy all the time? The Holy Spirit brings better things than happiness. He brings lasting joy. It says in Romans 17, excuse me, 14, 17, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You want to be filled with joy? Get the Holy Spirit. Amen. You, if hope, he'll give you hope. Romans 15, 13, may the Lord of hope or the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may be overflowing with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want holiness, in other words, you're tired of blending in with your culture and your society. You want to stick out in a good way and say, I want to be like Jesus. He'll give you holiness as well. In 1 Peter 1-2, it says, Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. See, when the Holy Spirit filled you, He's finally going to change you. And you don't have to be the old person that you used to be. He will change you to be full of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Verse 6 of Acts. Don't worry, we're not too far from being done. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said, Jesus said, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know what? Here's a sign that you're being prepared for the Holy Spirit is when you start wanting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You get an appetite for it. You say, I want that. I want that. Well, guess what? God's preparing you then. When you start getting an appetite for the Holy Spirit, you say, I want that. I desire that. You know what? God's preparing you. He's getting you ready. And I'm starting to have that in my heart. I, I really want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of my other desires that I want, not bad things, they're starting to come down. I'm like, 
I don't care about that so much anymore. I just want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? God's preparing me for the infilling, the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the way that he builds that appetite is he says, I'm going to give you power. How many of you would like to stop being so weak in your lives? Anybody? You'd stop to like being so weak? The power of the Holy Spirit is going to fill you and you're going to stop being so weak. I know I want to stop being weak. I want to be a powerhouse for Jesus. I want my life to be full of power and strength, not of weakness. Praise God. And so I know that the Holy Spirit, he brings power. You know what I'm sick and tired to? I probably can count on two hands the number of people that I've personally led to Jesus. Just a few throughout the course of my life. I've told all kinds of people about Jesus, but only a few of them, to my knowledge, have come to know him personally. You know what? When I'm full of of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to start seeing people left and right coming to Jesus. And I and you, we can personally lead them to the Lord. Family members, amen, friends, neighbors, co-workers, you name it, can get to know Jesus because you're full of his Holy Spirit. Let's read in verse 9. Luke goes on and says, After he said this, he was taken up before his very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. And I I won't go into a lot of detail here, but can you imagine the disciples looking? Here's Jesus talking to them, and then he's risen up. I take the Bible very literally. Comes off the ground, and a cloud obscures them, and the disciples are just there staring at this glorious thing that just happened. You know what? As you're prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God's majesty The fear of God in your life, not caring so much about what people think, but caring more about what God thinks. All of those, his majesty, his glory, his greatness, his power, his authority, all of those begin to mean more to you. And you're getting prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit because God means more to you than the things of this world. And that's just, that's a major change. That's a major shift that starts happening as God prepares you to be full of his Holy Spirit. Um, They looked, they saw, they were staring up at the sky. They must have looked really goofy. Can you imagine these 12 minutes? There's probably more of them. There's probably a couple of hundred, but just staring at the sky. What happens when you see somebody looking up? Well, you start looking up too. What are they looking at? Airplane? What's going on up there? All right. I'm sure people were looking at these guys. They were just staring at a cloud. Let me tell you what, we need to see Jesus. <laughs> we, need to, we're, we need to be looking up because the, the angel said, he's, the way that he went up, he will come back again. And when you start caring a lot about Jesus' second return, you're primed and ready for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You say, come now, come Lord, come quickly. I want you to come back. This earth is a mess. My life is a mess. My finances are a mess. My sickness is a mess. Come back, Jesus. Save me. Rescue me. I need out of here. All right, you start having that kind of attitude, not in an escapist mentality. The Holy Spirit is going to fill your life. He is going to fill your life. So as they're, they're looking up intently, oh, in, in Hebrews 12, too, it says that's, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Start looking up for your redemption. Your redemption draws nigh. It's coming close. But in verse 10 here in Acts 2, Acts 1, excuse me, 
They were looking intently up to the sky um, as he was going. Then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside him. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken um, from you up into heaven will come back in the same way um, when he comes back for us. In verse 12, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath's day walk from the city. In other words, very close. When they arrived, they went up to the uh, upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and, Ju- and Judas, son of James, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. As you get ready for the Holy Spirit, you'll start praying more. And it's not going to be ritualistic prayer where you're saying the same words over and over. You're going to start to talking to Jesus with your heart. You're going to, as soon as a problem surfaces, you're going to say the first reaction is, Jesus, I've got to have your help. As, as soon as you don't know what to do, you're going to be saying, Jesus, I've got to have your wisdom. You know, as soon as your heart is in turmoil, Jesus, I've got to have your peace. You're talking to Jesus. And let me tell you, the more you talk to Jesus, the more you are prepared to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with him. Jesus, we just thank you, Heavenly Father. God, we thank you, Lord, for preparing us to be filled full of you. Lord, we want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you're not some far-off, distant God that doesn't care about us. No, you're near to us. You're so close that you can hear the whispers of prayer, Uh, Lord, even our thoughts, Lord God. Thank you, God, that we can even think prayers. (laughs) Lord, you know you can hear our thoughts. We're, We're grateful for that, Jesus. And so, Lord, we want to be prepared. We want an appetite. We want to be full of the Holy Spirit. We're tired of being weak. Lord, we want to be strong. We want to be full of your power. We want to be able to withstand tempting thoughts. Lord, tempting friends, oh Lord God. We want to be strong and powerful to get things accomplished, Lord Jesus, for our families or at work or Lord God in our our daily tasks. Give us the power of the Holy Spirit for those things, but make us bold to tell other people of the saving grace that Jesus offers. Lord, fill us with the Holy Spirit so we'll be bold and courageous, Lord Jesus. Fearless, Lord God, as we live our lives. Not No longer dreading Monday morning or dreading tomorrow and saying, oh no, what bad thing is going to happen to me? No, Lord Jesus. Looking forward to tomorrow. Looking forward to this coming week and saying, Jesus, what are you going to do this week? God, I want to rely on your word and I want to rely on your works, Lord Jesus. I want to be like that eagle that we talked about, Lord, that's that's thrust up by the current of the word of God, thrust up by the current of his miraculous deeds, Lord, his works, the answered prayers that we receive, Lord Jesus. So I thank you, Heavenly Father. And I want to just pause right now in my prayer, and I want to ask you, do you want to ask Jesus, this Jesus that I've been talking about, do you want to invite him into your heart? Do you want to invite him into your heart? You could have done it a thousand times. I'm not talking to the first time. There's already some folks that are raising their hands saying, yeah, 
I want that in my life. Is that you? Do you want to just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy. All right. You want Jesus in your heart? All right. Let's pray. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we if my if my life was a house, I would open the front door to it and say, Jesus, please come into my life. I invite you into my life. Lord, that's what that's what being born again is like. It's when we say, Jesus, you're knocking at my door. Now I respond and I open it up and I say, Jesus, come into my life. Lord, begin to rearrange the furniture. Lord, begin to paint the walls. Lord Jesus, begin to, 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 to change out the way my kitchen is organized. Lord Jesus, change my life lord god put more windows in so there's more light in my life jesus lord god transform the inner workings of my life i pray and lord after you've done that and as you're doing that fill me with your spirit oh god fill me with the breath of god in my life that i might have more hope more more encouragement lord more peace lord jesus more of you heavenly father And I thank you, God. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, God, for coming into my life yet again, yet again. Thank you, Holy God. In your name I pray, Jesus. Amen.